Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Good morning, church. Happy New Year. I'm so bummed that I'm not there celebrating with you all this morning. It's actually the second year in a row that this has happened to me. I got COVID on Christmas Eve last year. It ran all the way up through New Year's Day. And again this year, though it's not COVID, according to the four tests that I've taken, but something pretty brutal. I'm doing way, way better today. Um, though still under the weather and I'm able to hear it in my voice a little bit. But I'm here, and I'm here virtually, which is not a deficiency, but is a part of our practice of community care, making sure that we're not needlessly exposing one another to the risks of sickness. And also because those who participate virtually are not second-class congregants, but are folks who are entirely a part of the worshiping body. And so I'm one of those people today. And also to those people, let this be a reminder that you can participate in worship um, even more directly by taking on one of the worship leadership roles. You can sign up like everyone else does and then send a recording of yourself doing whatever the thing is um, and participate in worship that way. So just a little reminder. But let me pray before I get started. Dear God, Please move this morning in spite of my severe deficiencies, in spite of my inability to grasp the truth, the reality of you, the expansiveness of your love and your grace. Pray that in spite of me this morning, through me, you would speak something good and true and beautiful. Amen. So it's New Year's Day, and we are celebrating not so much the passage of time itself, but the way that we survived that time, the ways we overcame terrifying things and made beautiful things and learned transformative lessons. So we're not celebrating so much time itself, but the way we we related to that time. So I want to think this morning about relating to time in a Christian way. There's a mantra that's become pretty ubiquitous in our culture, which is to be present. Have you noticed that? Being present, just be present. It's a mantra that's more and more pervasive. And I think... It's a good one. It's suggesting that we stop hyperfixating on the past and all that we can't change but disappoints us or we wish we could have back or that we could return to or any number of unproductive ways of relating to the past or the future for that matter. Be present so you're not so obsessed with the future and what life is going to be like 
how your kids are going to turn out, how you're going to be able to pay for this or that. It can be overwhelming. So just stay present. So that's cool. I believe in that. I think that's a great thing. But every once in a while, you're going to need to go into the past. You're going to have to account for the future. And there are all sorts of ways in which the past can be a source of help. And the future can be a source of hope. It's not that they have nothing to offer us but anxiety. So how do we relate to time in a Christian way? The way that God relates to time is is certainly beyond articulation. But we know at least that God doesn't relate to it like we do. So there's one of the texts that we read this morning was it's so interesting to me, Revelation 5, where Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth were laid. So somehow before creation, before time itself, Jesus had already in history been crucified. That's weird. Maybe he also exists in the first testament. There are all these instances where Different figures in the Hebrew Bible are talking to someone, someone they see as as a messenger, as just a, a regular person. But then they realize that they've been talking to God. So there's there's this this weird slide between God and this messenger, this human person. And some Christian interpreters have thought maybe that's Jesus. So who knows? Jesus walking the earth before he was born, right? Relating to time in such an interesting way. There's the famous Second Peter text, which says that one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is one day for God. So which is it? <laughs> is time slower for God or faster? That's not the point though, right? The point is that isn't to describe how God relates to time, only that it is vastly different than the way that we do. But it's also to say that life with God extracts us from the boundaries of time. It means that time no longer constrains us in the way that it did. The Ecclesiastes text that we read this morning says that God has set eternity within the human heart. So we somehow hold all of the past and the future within our own hearts. So what can we do with that? What ought we to do with that? That might seem like a kind of highbrow theoretical question, but I want to think very practically. In fact, I want to share a couple of examples of the ways that we can relate to time that bring us closer to fulfilling the commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength in your neighbor as yourself. And I want to focus on this self-love part. I think you've heard before that you can't fulfill this commandment if you don't first love yourself, right? So people often refer to this as the double commandment, love God and neighbor. But it's actually a triple commandment, right? It assumes that you love yourself, which is probably the one that a lot of us are worst at. We're probably all very good at selfishness in our own ways, but that's very different from self-love. So time and self-love. One way I've experienced the intersection of these two categories is a practice I was taught in therapy. 
a clinically and spiritually therapeutic practice is to use your imagination, to go back in time to your younger self, whether that's childhood or yesterday, in a moment when you were hurt, or you felt lost or misunderstood or afraid, and speak to that person. Go to that place, your bedroom, when you were curled up in a fetal position, aching, your car, when you were banging on the steering wheel, frustrated, the shower, when water ran over your body and you couldn't move, empty. Speak to your younger self, your earlier self in that moment and be the one to tell them what they needed to hear. My therapist actually told me to get a stuffed animal and speak to it as if it were my own self at various traumatic points in my past. They said, tell 12-year-old Connor that they are loved, that you love them, that it will be okay, that they're not monstrous, that they have a future, that they are beautiful. I was supposed to travel through time and speak to that memory that resides inside my soul. I didn't use a stuffed animal to do it, but it worked. It actually shifted the memory. That younger self still exists inside of me and that self felt that care. I crossed through time. I touched that hurting younger self and that self felt my care. That self suddenly felt less lonely. And that effect carried up through time and made my present self feel safer, more whole, more healed. If no one cared for me then, at least I could go back now and care for that person by relating to time in a way that is governed by love and not capitulation to the apparent constraints of time. I encourage you to practice that, to give care to yourself in moments that you weren't cared for well. Time is no obstacle to God, and healing and self-love will not be stopped by it either. I was debating whether or not to share this other strange thing that I do. It's worked for me. It may not work for you, but you might just think it's weird. I don't know. I saw this tweet. Uh, this week that was so randomly complimentary to this point that I took it as a sign. And the tweet goes, it says, I'm 37. Instead of regretting that I can't wake up at age 18 again, I pretend that I'm 90 and that I've woken up at age 37 again and that I get to magically, wonderfully have the next 50 years again. Now, some of us aren't too far off from 90 but it works at any age, thinking from the perspective of the future. What will I wish I had done more of? What will I wish I had been more grateful for? So I often think of myself in old age, wishing I could go back to some moment or at the moment of death, wishing I had just a few more hours or days of life. And why can't that be the case right now? 
Why can't we live as people who appreciate what this moment in life will mean to our future selves? So I do this sometimes and I cry. I lie in bed at night weeping for gratitude because my past self could never have conceived of a life without incapacitating pain. I weep for gratitude as my future self, who is back here, present, thinking so fondly on a time when I got to live as I do now, that we get to be here, present, together, at this moment, just experiencing life, experiencing love, experiencing God, taking in the world, its colors, its sounds, breathing fresh air. Appreciate that from the future. Live in such a way that when your life comes to a close, you won't wish you had appreciated things more. Live from that perspective always. Appreciate every little detail of life. Soak it all up so that when that moment comes, you can say, I lived deeply. I paid attention. I appreciated everything. I lived in gratitude. Maybe none of this makes any sense. Maybe all these jumps from present to past to future and back are hopelessly confusing. What, what I'm trying to say is that time and all the anxieties it brings, whether from the past or the future, is something that God is in control of. Time is not bigger than God. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And that eternal temporality is within us too. All of history before and beyond us is in our hearts. And we have the ability to go back as far forward or backward as we need. This isn't just a cool little parlor trick or imaginative game. It can actually transform how we relate to ourselves. We can love ourselves through time. We can transform how our present feels by caring for our past. Or my understanding of the present can transform in terms of the future. Holding all that we get to enjoy with the gratitude we know we'll wish we had practiced when we are older. Finally, to get back to the beginning, back to being present. These ways of relating to the past and future are ways of being present more effectively, more holistically. But the present too happens outside our control. Across all our lives, whether past, present, or future, we don't control what happens. We control how we respond to what happens. We control the attitudes we take towards the seasons and circumstances of life. And those attitudes frame and give shape to what happens. It arranges our experience of it. The same thing can happen to two people and they can react in opposite ways. Someone can be debilitated by tragedy or someone can build character and derive strength from it. Someone can fall into pride or laziness when life is good. Someone can live in humility and gratitude. So the present, like the past and the future, can be encountered through whatever attitude you choose. Life is going to happen either way. 
Like Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. But how we frame that experience, how we contextualize it within our lives, past and future, and the eternity that is in our hearts, the timing of God, all these things shape how we understand our lives and are absolutely bound up with the practice, the discipline of loving ourselves. Because if you're constantly looking to the past and saying, ah, life has passed me by. I didn't do what I wanted or what I was supposed to do. Or to the future and saying that I'll never amount to anything. I'll never accomplish what I want to. I'll never be what I'm supposed to be. That isn't self-love. That isn't sensitivity to the responsibility we have to relate to time in godly ways. Be gentle with our past, to be easy on our future. So love yourself, past, present, and future. By bringing it all into your relationship with God, by opening yourself up to a sense of time that isn't fixed, but is made malleable by the one who created time. And practice the commandment to love yourself, which enables you to love God and neighbor by loving yourself through all of time, not just the moments when you feel lovable. Love your whole self at every stage before and beyond. God doesn't discriminate. Neither should you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.